Hi, this is Jamie Gazalka. I've been a member at OBC since 1988, and I'm reading Psalm 16, 9 through 11. Therefore, my heart is glad, and my whole being rejoices. My flesh also dwells secure. For you will not abandon my soul to Sheol, or let your Holy One see corruption. You make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Thank you for tuning in to Listening Up, a podcast devotional of Ogletown Baptist Church. I'm Champ Thornton, one of the associate pastors. This podcast is a way for us to still gather together around God's Word, even when we can't get together in person. In each episode, you'll also hear from a member of our church reading the verses for that day. And next week, Pastor Chris and Pastor Evan will start leading some of the episodes as well. This week, we've been looking at Psalm 16 with today's devotional focusing on verses 9 through 11. Over the past week or so, my family has been discussing and trying to memorize Psalm 91. And I could say the younger ones in our family, but let's just say some of us have been better at memorizing than others. Actually, my mom's family memorized this psalm when she was growing up, and the content of this psalm seems to fit perfectly the time we're in right now. So I wanted our family to get into it as well. And as a preview, we'll be focusing on this psalm, Psalm 91, on the podcast next week. But Psalm 91, like Psalm 16, makes some pretty staggering claims. Things like, Harm may happen to other people, but not to us, not God's people. I'm secure, and I won't experience decay and decomposition. I'm not sure about the wicked, but God's going to protect me. I mean, can you imagine saying to a neighbor, from a safe distance, of course, that you're going to be protected, you're absolutely convinced of it? I mean, how can we read these kind of confident claims in the Psalms and then claim them for ourselves today? I mean, what if we do, and then we get sick? Or what if we do, and then bad things happen? Well, some people out there might say, yep, that's just old-fashioned, overly optimistic religion, always claiming that God does more than he actually does. Or others, even believers, might take these promises seriously, but say they refer to spiritual blessings. God will keep us healthy in our souls. But in these verses, David says that his whole being rejoices, his flesh, his body rests secure. They even enjoy pleasures in verse 11. So we're talking about real, even physical deliverance and protection. So how can God deliver on these kind of promises? First, God does not deal with us only as individuals. Through the whole Psalm, Psalm 16, David, the king of Israel, is talking. David is his own person, the former shepherd boy who killed Goliath, etc. But he's also the king of God's people. And as such, God views him as representing the entire people. All kings in Israel had this role. Today, no American thinks that an elected official, whenever he or she talks, they're always speaking for them. But the kings of Israel were different. They represented God's people. So when a king of Israel was evil, hardship and even harm happened to God's people. And when a king was righteous, blessing flowed to God's people. So in our psalm, David tips his hand that he's thinking this way. Throughout the psalm, have you noticed how he keeps repeating the word my? my lot, my cup, my inheritance, my right hand, my heart, my flesh. But then he says, you will not allow your faithful one to see corruption. So this is not David talking about himself as an individual. Instead, he's speaking as a representative king. And in the New Testament in Acts chapter 2, Peter picks up on this idea and says that although David himself is dead and his bones are buried nearby, Jesus, the true king, to whom David's kingship was pointing, Jesus has been raised to life He didn't stay in the grave and decay. So this psalm is fulfilled in Jesus. 
So when we read about these claims and promises that seem almost too much to believe, we can claim them for ourselves because they're actually fulfilled fully in Jesus. And as it goes with the true king, so it still goes with all his people. So practically, we may get injured, face tragedy, even die, but we belong to Jesus, who endured the pain of suffering and death for us, and today stands alive and in perfect health and security. So this raises the second reply to the question, how can God make and keep such astounding promises in the Psalms? He does so because he's not just dealing with individuals. He's dealing with the representative king. And secondly, God does not deal with us only in this lifetime. Verse 10 explains that the Lord will not allow the king to see corruption, to stay in the grave, because verse 11 says that there's some kind of life after the grave. This verse reminds us that as God's people, as those connected to the king, we find life and joy and even pleasure, not mainly on this side of the grave, but in the life that extends beyond the grave. So no, it's not that God is promising protection and deliverance more than he can actually deliver. Our hope lies in our King, in whom all the promises have been truly fulfilled, and our hope lies with him in the life that will never end. Today's passage says, Therefore my heart is glad and my whole being rejoices, my flesh also dwells secure, for you will not abandon my soul to the grave or let your Holy One see corruption. You make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy, and at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Thank you again for tuning in to Listening Up. If you were blessed by today's episode, we hope you'll mention it to others. If you or a member of your family would like to read the Bible verses at the beginning of each episode, just email me and I'll send you the information. And for the latest information about our church, please visit ogletown.org slash updates. Until next time, let's keep setting our minds on things above.